When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Athletic. So Gareth Southgate has named his 26-man squad for the Qatar World Cup. The surprise inclusions are James Madison, Conor Gallagher and Callum Wilson with the likes of Jaden Sancho, Fikayo Tomori, Tammy Abraham, Ivan Tony, and James Ward-Prowse all missing out. But... Is this a strong enough squad to emulate the achievements of the last two tournaments? I'm Adam Leventhal and this is The Athletic Football Podcast. He's playing really well. Look, he's a good player. We've always said he's a good player. He's earned the right. We think he can give us something slightly different to the other attacking players that we've got. So I think at various stages there have been conversations, debates about James. There's been moments where, you know, ahead of the Euros, he, I don't think he was in contention. He had a bit of a problem with his hip. And then I think September was probably a, a fair debate. But I think he's playing as well as any of the attacking players in this country and yeah he is a little bit different to the others we've got different types of threat and I think we we could need that Well the Athletics England correspondent Jack Pitt-Brook joins us having just been at Gareth Southgate's press conference at St George's Park. We're also joined by Jay Harris, who's going to be part of the athletics team out in Qatar. So the business is done, Jack. We finally got to the point where we know who is going to be on the plane, barring, I guess, what happens this weekend and the almost unavoidable last-minute hiccups that I'm sure we will have to encounter. But let's deal with the players that have been, you know, given that opportunity by Gareth Southgate and so much talk about James Madison. He was the, I suppose, the the big debate and there was a big clamour for him. And what's your feeling on it? Does he deserve to be there? Personally, yeah, I think he does deserve to be there because he's been so good recently. That said, this morning, I didn't expect him to be in the squad. I was quite surprised when we we did the story just before two o'clock saying that he would in fact be in. Uh, Southgate told us that he'd actually made up his mind to include Madison a few weeks ago, but I thought the door was closed to Madison. You know, I th- he, the fact is he's only played about 35 minutes for the England men's senior team. That was coming off the bench and I think a 7-0 home win against Montenegro three years ago and it felt it felt as if Southgate wasn't having him Southgate didn't fancy him and yet Southgate has seemingly reversed his position not that Southgate would want to describe it in those terms to put him in the team or in the squad he did speak in particular about form didn't he so he's and and he did reference it a little bit later on in in the press conference and he almost responded to those accusations of him maybe being overly loyal at times so it was clear that he has acted on form he has been watching he does feel that he might come into this tournament with a with a bit of momentum and also and you asked him about it didn't you in terms of him allowing England to do some things differently in that tournament 
you, you've talked in the past about seeing Madison as a number 10 and the implications that, that had for the formation that you might play. Can we read anything into his selection into the formations you might use in Qatar? Well, he, he um, is obviously playing from the right for Leicester. Uh, his best work is in that 10 slot. That's where he ends up. So how, how he ends up there is, is different. I think, um, I think we've got to be flexible on our systems because everybody's always pushing, do you know your, your best team sort of eight months from a tournament? And I've always said we've got to be fluid because you just don't know who you'll have. We can't recruit like you would at a club to a set system and even you know there there are only probably a couple of teams in the league that have been able to stick with a preferred system of play and exact style of play this season at the top end even some of the biggest teams have had to change because injuries have provoked them into changes of system so we've always had that flexibility we think it's important we've got to look at who our best players will be and also you know where are the where are the flaws in the opponent to be able to exploit them yeah, so, so Southgate's reason for picking him was form. Uh, he He's talked a few times about how brilliant Madison's been this season for Leicester. And the, the specifics of Madison's game that he mentioned were his ability from set pieces, his ability to get in those pockets of space in between the lines, which I think you know England do have a few players who are good at, but it's not something traditionally that English players have been that good at. And also, interestingly, his ability to score goals from distance, which Gareth Southgate said would be a very useful skill to have in a World Cup because, you know, defences tend to drop a lot deeper. There's less pressure on the ball than you get in the Premier League. And so maybe he might feel that Madison will be able to break a game open by scoring a goal from distance out in the World Cup in November. Jay, when you look back at Euro 2020, there was that huge clamour for, for Jack Grealish to be in the side. And it almost feels now that, that there is going to be a similar force behind Madison. Or, or do you feel that he is just someone that's going to be able to just exist on the on the periphery and, and be be happy with that? No, not at all. It feels like an exact replication of, of what happened at Euro 2020. And I don't think Madison is the kind of player you can sideline. He's, you know, loud. He's very expressive in the way that he plays. He's a really exciting talent. And I think the fact that Leicester haven't been particularly good in the Premier League this season at all but Madison's continued to perform I think he's got six goals and four assists in 12 appearances and especially in the last couple of weeks has kind of helped them to completely reverse their fortunes around it's those kind of performances which get fans excited you know obviously know that Southgate's been criticised quite a few times for being very negative and Madison's the complete opposite of that Madison's one of those creative players who gets fans up off their seats and so I think we're just going to see yeah an exact replication of what happened with Jack Grealish where people are going to be screaming play Madison Where's Madison? Um, I think that's going to be the big talking point. I think if people think that, they're going to be disappointed because I uh, look. I think it's great that Madison's in the squad, but I'm not. I'm not really expecting him to start that many games. The fact is that you know if England play the three-four-three system, which we expect them to do, you've obviously Harry Kane up front. Then you've got two other attacking players in there, and now the options for those places are Sterling, who is Southgate's love for years, Saka, who's in brilliant form for Arsenal and played really well at the Euros, Grealish, who plays for Manchester City and is hugely popular, Foden, who is you know one of the best young English players of his generation, arguably. Mount, who's won a Champions League and has been another big favourite of Southgate over the years. And now you've got Madison as well competing for those places. So that's what, two places out of six guys? So four of those guys are going to have to be on the bench? Like I'm not, you know, I'm really looking forward to watching Madison play at the World Cup, but I'm not, I'm certainly not expecting him to play 90 minutes of every game. And maybe that's that's the the interesting point about selections of, of squads. Often it's it's the 
the surprise players that get so much attention and you do actually forget about the, the core of that group. And that is a big thing, isn't it, for Gareth Southgate? I think from this squad, from the original uh, squad that was named in, in 2020, there are 20 names that have remained. And he did speak about the fact that it is so important to have that consistency, Jack. So do, do you feel that there is um, a confidence from Gareth Southgate in this squad as a a whole? Yeah, there's certainly confidence. And I think if you look at Southgate's loyalty, it doesn't just start in 2020. It really goes back to the guys who went to Russia four four and a bit years ago and who performed so well for him then. I do think like the spine of the England team will mainly be guys who, who we saw in Russia. I mean, I think I think this is something where Southgate might find himself open to criticism in the World Cup simply because I think his loyalty to the players who played for him in 2018 will be tested. You know, M- Maguire, who played in 2018, will clearly play. And I think, you know, that's a big topic for a lot of people because he's only played three Premier League games for Man United this season. Sterling, I think, will probably play, which again will be a big topic because he's not really scored that many goals over the last year or so. Trippier, another player from 2018, I think he will probably end up I think he will probably start. Stones, probably. Dyer, who was also in the 2018 squad. Pickford was in the 2018 squad. So I, I think there's a lot, I think there's a serious possibility that Southgate will largely stick with his 2018 players. Something might go wrong. And then people will start saying, Gareth, why are you so loyal to the guys in 2018? Why can't you replace them with some of these younger players we want to see? And I think we're, I mean, Sterling and Maguire are the two cases that stand out to me, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's other players like that where Southgate gets, gets on the end of some criticism. Do you think it's a, it, it's, it's, it's a blind spot, Gareth Southgate's view of, of Harry Maguire, because even in the press conference, he did say he is one of our best centre-backs. And I could almost feel in, in the room that people were going, really? Is he? I mean, is that unfair? Well... I mean, whether it's a blind spot or not will be ultimately be revealed by what happens on the pitch in Qatar. You know, it's Southgate's always been very clear that Maguire is one of England's best centre backs. That is borne out by his performances. For, you know, he's played two very good tournaments for England. He's never really let England down. Like he's had one or two bad games. Like there was a the game uh, behind closed doors game against Denmark where he had a nightmare in 2020. But generally speaking, he has played really well for England. Clearly, lots of people in the country don't think that. But ultimately, it's going it, to. It's so much of this. Like our dis. Our conclusions is simply, you know, come after the performances. We have to wait and see what happens on the pitch and then people make their minds up afterwards. Maybe Maguire will have a good tournament and people will say that Southgate's loyalty was rewarded. Maybe Maguire will have a bad tournament and people will say Southgate is so disloyal. Like Southgate is, you know, completely at them. And Southgate would admit this. He is completely at the mercy of what happens on the pitch. Let's talk about some of the other more surprising inclusions. Jay, I think one one person that, that really did stand out and not necessarily people were expecting to see his name in there uh, was Connor Gallagher. Is he someone that you feel will be able to add something in particular to this to this England squad? Yeah, it's definitely a little bit of a surprise to see Conor Gallagher included. It feels like he's got the nod ahead of James Ward-Prowse. And obviously we know that Gallagher had a really good season on loan at Crystal Palace, but he's, I guess, maybe had some teething problems on his return to Chelsea. I feel like maybe the reason he's got in ahead of other players, James Ward-Prowse, like I mentioned, is maybe because he offers a bit more of a direct goal threat from central midfield when you kind of compare and look at some of the other names. Um, obviously Henderson, Rice, Bellingham, Phillips, they're not really players you associate with getting into the box so my theory looking at it is okay if England need someone who's going to be arriving in a box late from central midfield then Gallagher's that option and Jack it was interesting 
hearing from Southgate talk about the the calls that he had to make. And he obviously mentioned that he he had spoken to James Madison because it was such a big issue and he just wanted to almost put his mind at rest. But he also spoke to the, the players that he was leaving out and he said that he had to make some very difficult calls. But he also said that he did go and speak to the players where there is a little bit of an injury doubt. And, and Jay just mentioned one of them there, Calvin Phillips. We saw him after the game against Chelsea in the in the League Cup. And he was smiling from ear to ear. He knew he was going to be in the squad. And it was almost encouraging to hear from Southgate that he basically said, well, no, he, we think we can use him straight away. And maybe it's just only slightly different for Kyle Walker in the, in the, in the fullback position. Maybe he might be slightly later on in that group stage. So there are, a, as there always seems to be, a couple of players that they're taking with, with injury headaches, but it seems to be quite a, a sort of a, a positive inclusion for those two players. Yeah, it was interesting hearing him compare the scenarios of um, Reese James and Kyle Walker. Like, I think that Re- I got the impression that Reese James, along with James Ward-Prowse, were the two players at Southgate who found it hardest to leave out. The two the two most difficult phone calls, because you know, Ward-Prowse has been very consistent when never called upon for England for a while. And Reese James, obviously a you know fantastic young player at right wing back, who uh, you know, people assumed would be the England right wing back for, for years to come probably given how you know, he played at the Euros and everything but with Reese James you know he's obviously recovering from an injury sustained recently Southgate I think Southgate said that the, the situation with James is that even if everything went perfectly, he wouldn't really be around until the, the knockout stages. And Southgate didn't feel comfortable taking someone who he knew wouldn't be available to play in the group stage. He said that, you know, we might face accusations of arrogance about pre- presuming that we would get out of Group B if we took somebody knowing that they wouldn't be able to play in those group games. Whereas the Kyle Walker situation is slightly different. Walker clearly isn't fully fit at the moment, unlike Calvin Phillips. He hasn't been playing for Manchester City recently. But Southgate said that Walker should be ready by the end of the group stage so you know he's not going to be involved against Iran I'd be fascinated to see what sort of defence England have against Iran with no Walker in there given what Walker offers to the team but I think the hope is that let's say Walker let's say he misses Iran in USA comes back for the Wales game and then fingers crossed should be able to play in the knockout rounds and what's your view Jack on on the situation with with the left back with our only left back in in Luke Shaw is that is that an issue for you? It's a risk. It's, I think, the biggest risk that Southgate's taken. You know, you've got 26 players, he's got 26 players to choose from, and he's only taken one specialist left back. You know, obviously, the the theory is that Shaw is first choice, Trippier is back up. Saka has played there, even played there in, in Milan in September at left wing back, so Saka could do it. Maybe an extremist Ben White could do it as a kind of fourth choice. But, you know, if Luke Shaw does his hamstring against Iran next Monday, then England are not going to have a single specialist left back in their squad with the rest of the World Cup to play. And I think at that point, I mean, it's very, you know, it's easy, obviously, it's easy to be smart after the event. But if that happens, I think Southgate's going to get hammered for this. And like, I know, you know, other left backs have been injured. Shearwell obviously got injured recently. But, you know, there's still Sessignon, there's Tyrick Mitchell, there's other players he could have played there. And I'm not saying he, sh- I'm not saying he should have necessarily put them in. I'm just saying he's exposing himself to risk by doing this. Yeah, he did, he did say that he, he was happy with the balance of the squad. And then you think, well, okay. <laughs> You might be. You're basically. That's not. That's not a balanced selection in terms of of left back. But yeah, okay. I understand exactly what you're you're saying. You can have that sort of makeshift element to it to a backup in that position. The Athletic Football Podcast is brought to you by Bet Three Six Five, the world's favourite online betting brand. And here's Bet Three Six Five's Steve Freeth 
with the latest odds. The World Cup will soon be upon us. England are 8 to 1 fourth favourites behind 4 to 1 Brazil, 11 to 2 Argentina and 6 to 1 France. Harry Kane leads the top goalscorer market at 7 to 1, while Jordan Pickford is 16 to 1 for the Golden Glove. Mikel Arteta's 150th game in charge of Arsenal was a memorable one, with the Gunners enhancing their title credentials with a 1-0 win at Stamford Bridge. The tabletoppers are into 5-1 to lift the Premier League trophy, with Manchester City at 1-5 after you-know-who broke Fulham hearts as well as ours, with that late, late winner. Graham Potter's honeymoon period is officially over, with Chelsea out to 9-4 for the top four, with Newcastle shortening it to 6-4 after their comfortable win on the South Coast. The two meet on Tyneside in the final game before the break. One manager who looks set for an extended break is Rolf Hasenhutl, with the Saints now at 7-4 for relegation. Bournemouth are 1-2 after throwing away a two-goal lead. No such problem for Bet365 customers, thanks to our two goals ahead early payout offer. For more odds, download the Bet365 app. Bet365, the world's favourite online betting brand. Jay, let's get on to the, the, the striker situation. And I'm going to give you the floor on this because obviously <laughs> you cover Brentford in depth uh, for the Athletic and, and Ivan Tony was potentially going to get it get into the squad, but it always looked as if Callum Wilson and the, the force that he is part of at the moment in Newcastle was was always going to basically edge him uh, ahead of him. First on on Ivan Tony, are, are you are you disappointed? that he hasn't been given that opportunity first and foremost? Yeah, of course. I feel absolutely gutted that Tony's not been included. And to be honest, I'm not really too sure what more he could have done. You know, since the start of last season, only Harry Kane, James Madison and Bukayo Saka they're the only English players who've been involved directly in, sorry, they're the only English players who've been directly involved in more Premier League goals than Ivan Tony. And obviously Tony's playing for a Brentford team who are in the bottom half of the table, don't create a gluttony of chances and he's still producing really impressive numbers. But to be honest, it felt like it was coming when he was called up for the Nations League games against Italy and Germany in September. And the moment Southgate came out in that press conference and started talking about not compromising his values, that was a bit of a warning sign to me to say, I'm not going to be experimenting or giving an opportunity to, to new players and then obviously Tony didn't even make the squad for the game against Italy at the San Siro, didn't come off the bench against Germany. So I think I always held hope um, that his performances would, for Brentford would, would get him over the line and get him into the squad. But always kind of had that fear that, that what had happened meant that he didn't really stand a chance. And obviously I think he's only scored twice in the last few games. Brentford have only won once in eight games. And like you said, you compare that to this absolutely incredible rise that Newcastle are on at the moment and Callum Wilson's at the spearhead of that. It's a difficult situation, but you can understand why Wilson in the end got the nod ahead of Ivan. And I guess a similar situation, Jack, for Callum Wilson getting the nod ahead of of Dominic Calvert-Lewin. You know, he's had, he'd, he's had a wretched, wretched time. But I suppose more pertinently, Tammy Abraham, who's who f- fell into a, a poor run of form at, at the wrong moment. That's basically what Gareth Southgate said. So he did, he was acknowledging the fact that you need to take players that have just got that spark at the moment and, and Tammy Abraham doesn't. Yeah, so Southgate said an interesting thing, which is that because of the timing of the tournament and the fact there's only one week between the end of the domestic season this coming weekend and the start of the World Cup next weekend, the implication is you you should be more guided by club form perhaps than you would be normally. Like normally, and let's say the Premier League finishes on, I don't know, third weekend in May 
and then the World Cup starts in the middle of June, you've got three or four weeks to, to rebuild form and fitness and everything. Whereas under these circumstances, players are going to come in so fresh from their club form that if somebody's flying for their club, they've really got to be on the field. And that, that I think, is part of the logic behind Madison. I think that's also probably part of the logic behind Callum Wilson. I also think the great thing that Callum Wilson offers is that I think he can... Pr- like, one, England don't have a good backup to Kane. Like, if Kane gets injured in the first game, who's going to play number nine? I think Wilson probably could play number nine. But he can also play... I think I think he could also play alongside Kane, you know, give, giving you that pace beyond Kane, doing the sort of thing, you know, he's not exactly the same player as Sterling, but I think he could play in that Sterling role. Maybe if England wanted to go two up front or to have that, you know, that extra dynamism through the middle. So in that sense, I think he can kind of do the two things at, two things in one. I mean, look, I, I really like Tony as well. I think he's a great player with great character, but I can kind, I can just about see why in this instance, Southgate has gone for Wilson instead. But then obviously you factor into account Tony's penalty record and, you know, the headlines right them themselves if England get knocked out in a penalty shootout at this tournament you can imagine all of the people back home screaming that Tony should have gone on the plane but to be honest it's an interesting point about um, Wilson maybe being able to play with Kane because I think stylistically Tony and Kane are quite similar in one regard because you do see Tony drop deep quite a lot so then you can make an argument that you should take him because they've got a similar skill set but then obviously as you said there's the counter argument that if Kane's going to play every game and you're relying on him to be fully fit for all of it, then maybe you should pick someone who offers something else. Jack, from the news conference, it wasn't, you know, confirmed officially from from the FA. You know, there wasn't like a little asterisk at the bottom of the, the press release saying we have also named X on the, on the standby list. It was interesting what Gareth Southgate said that almost in those conversations with the players that he was sadly having to leave out, he was almost having to keep that pot boiling for, for, for the weekend as well, which is, which is really difficult, isn't it? You're not part of my squad, but you, you might be in, depending if someone you know pulls up after five minutes this weekend. Yeah, Southgate more or less... I got the impression of what Southgate said, that there is an, effectively a kind of unofficial standby list at the moment. Not a formal standby list, but I believe England could, in theory, make a change to their squad up until 24 hours before the kickoff of the first game, which obviously in this case would be next Sunday. But I think, you know... Obvi- it's not at all inconceivable that somebody could get injured this weekend because of, you know, the poss- just look how many injuries there have been in the last month or so. And I imagine that of the, of the, you know, let's say 30 players, I can't even do the maths on my head, 29, 55 minus 26 is 29. Of the 29 players who are on the, who are on the long list, but not on the short list, I, I would imagine that maybe let's say half a dozen of them have been told, you know, don't book your flights to Las Vegas yet. There might be a possibility that if somebody gets injured, then we'll have to fly over to Qatar next week. Jack, obviously this was a, a news conference focused on three goalkeepers, nine defenders, six midfielders and eight forwards. But there was also other big, heavy issues mentioned, which is going to be the theme of the tournament, isn't it? We can't get away from that. And it was almost just like almost his training, getting back into the training of the news conferences to have to almost just with a slight of foot have to adapt from talking about Conor Gallagher to talking about Iran and FIFA and LGBT plus issues this is a a tournament like no other isn't it it is I think this is something that Southgate's been very good at over the course of his six years in England job he's very able to talk about the you know not just the bigger picture in in terms of English football but the bigger picture in terms of the world today was a, a press conference where he was asked about should Iran play he was asked about LGBT plus rights in Qatar he was asked about whether England would take the knee in Qatar and I thought you know I thought he, he handled it all all 
very well. Uh, he was asked. He was also asked about um, FIFA's request to the associations playing in the World Cup that they should not talk about politics. FIFA have asked that nations don't talk about anything other than football when the football starts. Will you be going along with that? I think that's highly unlikely. You know, I think we have always spoken about issues that we think should be talked about, particularly the ones we feel we can affect. I think contrary to one or two observations in the last few weeks, we have spoken in the same way that other nations have spoken about this tournament and the human rights challenges. We've been very clear on our standpoint on that. So... Yeah, look, I think we would also like to focus primarily on the football. This is for every player and every coach and everybody travelling to a World Cup. This is a carnival of football. It's the thing you work for your whole life. So you don't want that to be diminished by everything else that's going on around it currently. But we recognise that that we are going to be in that situation and we've got to accept and deal with it. So yeah, I thought I thought he he spoke well as he always does on on these issues, and there will be even more of these questions when when we get out to Qatar next week. And we're all going to be there. We're all going to be covering the tournament. And it was interesting listening to to the news conference. And I, I wonder if you felt that in the room as well, Jack. That when he said that you know now yes we've got the games this weekend. It's out of my control. I can't do anything about it. I'm just going to be watching. Yes, there might be injuries, but. You know, that that sort of stuff happens. But one of his jobs now is to allow the players that need a little bit of a breather to just relax, to refresh and excite the players about playing in a World Cup. We have to also separate the big issues, of course, to the fact that this is the pinnacle for those players that have been selected today and we 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 are allowed to have an excitement about the tournament happening aren't we yeah i think so he he did make that point quite clearly that a big part of next week will be about getting the players heads into the space to go and play a world cup you know the it's pretty it's i imagine it'll be pretty surreal for them they'll be playing for their premier league teams on on saturday or sunday then they'll be meeting up with england on monday flying on tuesday then on wednesday they'll start their their media activity and it will you know they'll have what three or four days until the first game against iran so i think southgate southgate clearly made it a priority when they're at their at their kind of camp in al-wakra in doha next week just to make sure that the players make that mental switch from club football which has been relentless over the last few months into a world cup normally you know they get months to do that sorry weeks to do this but now it's gonna to have to be a quick switch right we'll just have a quick breather and then we'll pick our team to face iran this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Do you ever get that feeling that you need to get something off your chest? We all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to release and discuss those thoughts and feelings and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a licensed therapist. And if things don't click, you can switch to someone new at any time with no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. 
And because you listen to this podcast, you can get 10% off your first month of online therapy by heading to betterhelp.com slash athletic football. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash athletic football with no spaces. Okay, so the first game of the tournament is on the 21st of November against Iran. And Jack, you did say that, yes, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what side they are able to select due to some of those injuries. Do they, you know, throw Calvin Phillips straight in? Obviously, Kyle Walker isn't going to be uh, available. We don't know what's going to happen this weekend. But what is your your 11 for that opening match Straight on the spot. I'm going to go 3-4-3 because I think that's probably what Southgate will do. Pickford and goal. Back three, Dyer, Stones, Maguire. I haven't quite decided if you'd have Stones in the middle, Dyer on the right or vice versa. I'm certainly open to suggestions on that. Right wing back here in Trippier. Left wing back, Luke Shaw. Central midfield picks itself, Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham. Harry Kane up front. Now, the two other players around Kane, this is a nightmare. I've gone for Saka, who I think has to play because of the form that he's in. And then... I'm going to do something which I don't think Southgate will do. I'm going to drop Raheem Sterling, which is not something I'd ever thought I'd say. But I'm going to drop Raheem Sterling. And then if it's down between Madison, Mount and Grealish and Foden for that kind of inside left spot, I think I'm just about going to go for Grealish. Although it is tempting to have Mount. So I'm going to stick with a Saka, Kane, Grealish front three. Okay, that's interesting. That is interesting. Jay, have you got any significant changes to to what Jack has gone with? No, not really. I think I would I'd change Grealish for Foden personally. So I'd have Foden, Kane and Saka up front. But I agree that I'd maybe like to see Sterling dropped for this game. And obviously Iran under Carlos Carreras are going to be really, really defensive. So I think I'd actually maybe give an opportunity to Ben White in the, the right centre-back role because it's important to kind of give him the opportunity to settle into the tournament. Southgate's spoken in the past about how important it is that every single member of the squad knows that they're valued and can be relied upon. So I think that might be just quite a smart way to kind of use White and we know he's very good on the ball and can progress the ball forward he's done it amazingly for Arsenal right back this season so if you're coming up against opposition who are going to be defending in a very very low block I think it makes sense to have defenders that are comfortable progressing the ball forward yeah I think that's a really good case I think it's a really good case for playing White just because you know the role that White plays for Arsenal obviously on the right of a back four it's actually maybe it isn't that different from, from playing on the right of the three he's definitely quicker I think he's quicker and more mobile than Dyer. I think he could cover there he could also get forward to make those extra attacking runs get balls into the box so yeah maybe Jay's convinced me to have White instead of Dyer and then keep Stones in the middle of my back three and on the issue of of loyalty I'm surprised that you've you've th- thought that Sterling should be omitted, considering that Gareth Southgate does does love him so dearly. And he did have a great last tournament from start to finish, didn't he, Jack? So it could happen again. Yeah, remember going in, it was only 18 months ago, going to the last Euros, that, you know, you speak to any England fan, the first thing they'd say is, drop Sterling, play Grealish. And then, you know, Sterling scores, what, uh, the only goal against Croatia, the only goal against the Czech Republic. I thought he was brilliant against Germany, brilliant against Ukraine. I thought he was England's best player, actually, at the Euros, Sterling. That said, you know, there's no getting past the fact that the last 18 months since then haven't really gone so well for Sterling. He lost his place at City, got sold by City, not really done an awful lot at Chelsea so far. I think, like I said, I think Southgate will stick with Sterling, certainly at the start of the tournament. But I just, I, I wonder if he's quite the same player that he was in the past at the moment. Maybe he'll prove me wrong, but I would, um, you know, England got such good options in that position that maybe it makes sense to try somebody else. We shall see. Jack, Jay, thank you so much. 
not long to go until we head to Qatar and the Athletic Football Podcast will be with you every single day during the World Cup. Our team of top journalists, including Jay and Jack, will be bringing you all the biggest stories and news uh, from Qatar on and off the pitch, let's not forget. Um, and if you want to subscribe, head to theathletic.com forward slash football pod for our latest deal. We'll see you soon. The Athletic.